0: Women are very hungry for deep connection, and you can go anywhere and get a a social club. You can just hang out with your girlfriends, you can have a Mary Kay party, you can do any of that. But when you create fellowship that is centered on the Gospel and on the Word of God, you create something that is entirely unique and it stands out in our culture, and um, it's a very exciting thing. And it's Bethany Behrendrycht, and I'm so glad to be back with you. I took quite a bit of a break from doing much with the show because of an accident I had in November. Our team shared a little bit on social media, and we also have a note on our website, just so people knew when they took a look at the show notes why we didn't have much extra information or links posted. And if you've been a longtime listener, you probably noticed that there were no intros and no outros and no devotionals recorded. I'm really thankful that that is going to be coming back maybe a little slowly to the show. And we're going to be getting back into the normal swing of things. But I'm also so thankful that we had so many pre-recorded episodes that we could just start releasing in January for you. The Lord really cared for us and provided for the show. And we've been so thankful for your feedback and just the grace that has been extended to us as we had to take that little break. I'm also really excited to let you know that we have shows planned every single week until the end of June. And so we're going to extend this season all the way through. We have some great guests coming up this next week. We have Jen Oshman. And then in the following weeks, we have a great Lent, little Lent series going on leading up to Easter. So we'll be talking about issues and topics related to Jesus's death and resurrection as we prepare to celebrate Easter. The Lord has been so kind to women encouraged with all the support we received in the last several months following my accident. But just over the last several years of doing this work, taking a break has really given me a chance to reflect on all that the Lord has been doing. We just hit two years with the podcast in January, and I still feel like this is our little tiny show in a little tiny corner of the internet, but I look at some of the numbers and I'm just astonished because even though this is just our 52nd show, we're celebrating over 155,000 downloads and our thousands of listeners around the world, both of which are incredible gifts that we did not anticipate when we started. You are a gift to the Women Encourage team and community, and we praise the Lord for your fellowship in the gospel. Today, we have a little bit different style of a show planned for you because I'm going to be sharing with you a few clips from our latest Women Encouraged conference in the Portland, Oregon area. If you're a longtime listener, you might already know that Women Encouraged actually started as a women's conference. And in fact, the reason we originally started the podcast was to share great teaching with women in our local community. Now, obviously the lord has blessed that and we've expanded far beyond that and one of the results of that was a group of women in the portland oregon area that i actually grew up with went to church with up until my early 20s when i got married and moved away well they asked in june of 2019 if it would work for them to have their own women encouraged conference in their area initially i said i did not think i could add another thing to my plate and they asked and I asked again and by october we were in the midst of planning for another conference for them, which just happened on February 7th and 8th in, like I said, in the Portland, Oregon area. It was an incredible experience. I'm so thankful. And the most important thing that I took away from this was the Lord's goodness in growing His church.
1: And what I want to do tonight, we're going to talk about our theme, which is so beautifully Behind us, whatever is true. And that is the theme for our weekend. And tonight we're going to talk about how we can know what is true and why the Bible is our authority for what is true. Uh, A couple of years ago, I was sitting out on a front porch with a friend and we were talking. It was a warm summer night. And my friend is not a believer in Jesus and is quick to say that, but is very curious about following Jesus. And I had this big, wide open door opportunity to walk through the gospel with her and to talk to her about what it is that I believed. And after I walked through, really, creation, fall, redemption, consummation, talking through the main points of the gospel and who I was before Jesus saved me, who I am now, and what I look forward to when I see him face to face, she said to me something really interesting. She said, I really wish I could know what was true about life. I really wish I could know what's true about God and sometimes I lay in bed at night and I just I wish I could be sure and I said to her because I'm a Christian and it's like a big flashing sign this is your chance tell her about Jesus so I said well you can be sure because the Bible is God's Word and tells us what is true and she looked at me and said I've never read the Bible And it was so interesting to me because living where I live, everybody's a Christian. And everyone knows what the Bible says, and everyone claims to be a follower of Jesus. And our biggest job in ministry where I live is convincing people they're actually not Christians. So that then we can tell them what it actually is to follow Jesus. And so I I so appreciated her honesty, but it dawned on me in that conversation that I have everything she needs Because God's Word is my authority in life and tells me what is true about Him, and what is true about me, and what is true about the world. And she said to me, Oh, no, 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 I don't go to church. I mean, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. And I said, Oh, okay, well, why not? Full of tact. And she said, Well, I just, you know, I don't want to do that. Um, If I, you know, I really love God, and I really know Him, and we're really close. And so I would just prefer to take a walk in the woods. If she was here, it'd be a hike. But in Tennessee, it's a walk. And so she was going to take a walk in the woods, and she said, "I'm just going to, you know, be with God," and that's just so special. And I was like, hmm, okay. Um, and so then I said, "Well, do you read the Bible?" And she said, "No, no, no. I'm not religious. I'm a Christian, but I'm not religious. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not that type of person. I don't read the Bible. But me and God, we're good." and i thought and in fact said how does that work <laughs> because it didn't make sense to me you can't know so you can't love someone you don't know and and the reason i tell that story is because i think she's a lot of people that you know she's a lot of people that i know She is someone who thinks that she knows who God is because she's had an experience or she's heard things about him, but she doesn't actually know him because she has never picked up the means by which he has made himself known. And she's never looked at it. So Paul says that the scripture is able to give us wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus. And then he says that all scripture is breathed out by God. And I just love that imagery like the breathed out by God. I mean, I have an English degree, so I I can't just skip over that. It's really beautiful. But basically what he's saying is all scripture is inspired by God. So to say the Bible says is the same thing as to say God says. Every word is from him, not just the parts that appeal to us. And that is an increasingly difficult stance to hold in our culture right now. So I want to encourage you to keep holding to the inerrancy of this entire book. You
0: know, we cannot take the words whatever is true all by themselves and just apply our own meaning to it and and like I said just simply think good thoughts that would that would not be a faithful application of the text Paul makes a lot of references to our emotions to our desires and our motivations um, but he also makes so many references to the mind and the things that we choose to dwell on and it's not just in these couple of verses it's actually' All the way throughout the entire book, so we are giving we are given very very deep connections in the in the book of Philippians between the truth that we hold on to and the action that we take there 's this direct line between the things we focus on and dwell on our thoughts and our beliefs um, and what we choose to do with that and so what I want you to take home today if there 's one thing that I would love for you to leave with. It's something I actually believe will change your life, and that is that believing the truth is at its core a posture and a decision to agree with God. But we cannot agree with God if we do not know what He says. And that's why what Glenna talked to you about yesterday is so important. So when it comes to this conclusion, whatever is true is what is true about God. It's what is true about us as individuals and God's people and what's true about our world. And we can unpack the rest of this verse that everything everything after whatever is true is not isolated from what is true. So whatever is true undergirds or holds everything else up after it. So, it's not like we have something true over here, and we have something just over here, and something pure, and something lovely. No, this all is interconnected and interwoven. And it's that truth is foundational to everything that we consider. So what is honorable can only be honorable if it honors God, and it agrees with him about what is truly worthy of honor. What is just is only just if it's justice by God's standards, according to the truth of his character, as it reflects his standard of justice and righteousness. And what is pure is truly pure when it reflects what is holy and set apart for the Lord or made righteous. What is lovely, is not lovely because we judge it by its own merit or because we feel like it's lovely. Loveliness agrees with God about what is acceptable and pleasant, what is commendable and excellent and praiseworthy. They're not empty and vague ideas about definitions that we assign, but They're truths that God has given us in his word and, and they're rooted in his character. And when we dwell on these things and we root our hearts in the truth and when we practice the mind of Christ that we've been given, we'll know and we'll be especially aware of the nearness
2: of God because our hearts are securely rooted in his truth and his character. And she said, do you know what my favorite Bible verse is? And I said, no, what is it? And she said, be still and know that I am God. And I said, well, that's a really, really good one. And she said, yeah, when I'm really overwhelmed with life, I like to just sit down and meditate on it. And I I meditate and I say to myself, be still and know that I am God. And it was, I just kind of looked at her here. I'm like in the middle of Bible school and theology classes and all of this stuff. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, okay, that's not what it means at all. And she's like, well, everyone interprets the Bible differently. And I'm like, no one interprets it that way. Like, no one thinks you're God. Like, nobody does. And we got into this argument that finally just, you know, she's like, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. And I'm like, I think so. Like, we're just, you're not God. Um, So it may sound like a silly story. Um, How on earth could a woman think that, that that, verse was about her being God, instead of about God being God, and I started thinking about how too often we try to play God in our own life. I was just like, I have to get my life back in order. We have to get on top of this. And I remember praying one morning as I was having devotions. I actually prayed this out loud, and I think God had me pray it out loud so I could hear the words that I was saying. I said, don't worry, God, I'm getting better. I promise, I promise I won't be so needy all the time. I won't always need you like this. And I heard the ridiculousness of my words as soon as they left my mouth. I realized that I was putting things back in their place because I was craving that independence from God that I had had before the accident. God, I'm fine on my own. I really don't need you. More like, I don't want to need you. I don't want to need you. Um, I realized that I had this idea that really good Christians didn't need God as much as those really bad Christians did. Um, Good Christians didn't struggle with sin. They weren't quite so needy. I thought that um, biblical principles, you could just use them to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get your life together because God's law is good, and so if I just use it to my advantage, then I can can have a good life where I don't need to bother Him so much. What's interesting to me, as I get emails from a lot of readers, is that I get very similar questions from a lot of Christian women. Is what I'm doing enough? Is what I'm doing enough to please God? Am I spending enough time? Am I doing enough volunteering? Am I doing this? And to them, I also give the gospel. Did you know that God is enough? Did you know that it's not Jesus plus all of your things? It's Jesus. The spiritual disciplines that God has gifted us aren't about manipulating or earning favor with God, because that is a gift. And that was really hard because I thought, Lord, I thought that the
1: blessed life that I would have as a believer trying to live in obedience would mean that you do what I ask you to do. And it's funny because that's actually a version of the prosperity gospel that had sneaked into my theology, that if I do this, God will give me this. And that is not how God works. If I had read my Bible diligently, I would have known that suffering is a part of a Christian's life. And also I would have known that God does not abandon us in our suffering. And I also would have known that he doesn't waste our suffering. And then Satan comes into the garden and he deceives Eve. And I, I think it's so interesting, his methods, did God really say this? He just planted enough seed of doubt in her mind for her to disbelieve God, the one that she had seen face to face and walked in the garden. And she believed Satan. And she ate the fruit and gave some to Adam and they fell and in that in that moment they knew that they were sinful they knew they were naked they covered themselves and they could not walk with God face to face in the garden anymore that that holy relationship was severed because of sin because sinful man cannot dwell with a holy God his expression of faithful love looks most like presence because Jesus was there in person, and the Holy Spirit lives in us, and God dwelled in the tabernacle in the temple. That's nearness. He didn't have to do it that way, but he chose to because he is kind and good. And I think that that matters for us when we are suffering and going through trials. Because that means if you are a believer in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit lives in you, then you never suffer alone. There's actually never a time where you are alone. God has promised to be with you and He will keep that promise until you see Him face-to-face. I go through that whole story so that we see that God is faithful to keep that promise from Genesis to Revelation. He is the same God and He still keeps that promise of faithful love to us by being near us.
0: Our team sits down and reads through the feedback as a group after each event and consistently what we get from that is that these women who attend are hungry for God's word and for good teaching that moves them to apply the gospel and to seek the Lord in his word and to obey him faithfully. One of my personal favorite things to hear from women who attend is that it's not fluffy. And I have to tell you, I hear this every year from different women, not the same woman every year from different women. It's incredible. And after the Portland conference, one woman commented on her feedback form that the depth of the teaching was refreshing compared to other ladies' retreats I've attended. We hear that all the time. Uh, Like one woman told me last year, I gave up going to women's events because I wasn't getting anything out of them. I thought I'd give this one a try I'm coming next year and I'm bringing all my friends. The reason I'm telling you that is because I really do believe that fellowship that is centered on the Word of God and focused on how the gospel changes us is completely unique in our culture. Women Encourage conferences are a bit unique in that their focus is fellowship and growing together in the Word of God. And I'm just so privileged that we've gotten to see this now extend to the U.S. and that we get to share some of these clips from the conference with you. I want to share with you some feedback from Kay. That's what we'll call her. She had shared with me at the Portland conference some enormous trials that she and her husband had been enduring. And then she wrote this to us in her feedback form. She said, this time away to hear the word was just what I needed. With what my husband and I are going through, I need more It's like training for an athletic event. You can't get by on just your regular meals. You need more food and supplements. I realized that I've been running on just my three meals, and I need to increase my exposure to good teaching and encouragement. I'm weary, and I need people to speak truth to my heart. Thank you for being my extra and being the conduit by which the Spirit taught me and strengthened me this weekend. I wish I could tell you the extent to which that blessed us as a team, because this is ultimately our goal. We don't function as shepherds. We're not pastors. What we want to do more than anything is to provide an opportunity for fellowship and growth together. And so when we source our speakers, we work very hard to make sure that the content that they're going to be bringing you is godly, is going to point you to Christ, is scripture saturated, and that the focus is always Jesus, and that it's not us. For some of the women who attended, their highlights were all of the talks and being with so many women, half of whom I didn't know. Another lady said, I went alone and I was able to find a group and connect with them. And that, again, is such a joy to our hearts. Because the overflow of this sort of a thing is that we go home and our homes are blessed, our communities are blessed, our local study groups are blessed because we're able to take what we've learned and grown in and we take it back to home base and to our local churches. We really do believe that good biblical theology is always something that ends up being worked out. We live out what we believe. And so we do love asking women, what did God teach you? Through this weekend, one woman shared that the most convicting thing she gathered from the weekend was that Bible reading and study isn't just a duty. It's how we know who God is. It's turning our face toward Jesus. Before we close out, I just want to share with you that over the course of the last year, my husband, Alex, and I realized that the next right step for Women Encouraged podcast was to seek out a producer. As we prayed, the Lord actually led us through another Women Encouraged listener Write to Matt at Heart Song Studio. He has been such a gift to work with since this past fall, and we're so grateful that he understands our vision for the Women Encouraged podcast. He has freed me up so much, and I'm really grateful. In fact, he's the reason that you got episodes for the last, I don't know, five, six weeks, This winter, our team and my husband and I have prayerfully come to the decision that because the podcast is growing and thriving, and we have some other goals we'd like to meet, it's time to share with you the Patreon page that we've created. Our first goal is to reach 200 monthly donors, which will enable us to hire an assistant and to continue to source great content to share with you. We have links on our website as well as in our profile on Instagram, and I'll share one on Facebook this week as well. We worked to create different membership levels for our Patreon subscribers. These different levels get you access to various things, such as the conference audio that you've been listening to right now in this episode, and also the option of video recordings, early access to women encouraged conference tickets and discounts on tickets, special thank you gifts the option to participate in Q&A's and our upcoming Ask Us Anything episode that's going to air in May. And we're just so thankful for this opportunity to partner with you in different ways. Thank you for listening this far and for considering linking arms with us. And by God's grace, friend, we're going to continue to source content and guests who love the Lord, love His Word, and are pursuing a life of faithfulness in Him. Thanks again for being here.